All right. Now, how many of you were here last week or listened online to the first message in the All In series? Anybody? Wasn't that awesome? I mean, what a great way to start the year off. Jeff started this series called All In, and he posed the question, what would it look like? What would 2015 be like if, uh, if we, if you as an individual, as we as a church, and as a group of people, if we, were, if we went all in with God, you know, and we just, we just said, you know, this is the year we're going to go for it, and we're going to just become really devoted followers of Christ. What would that look like? And, and the key verse or the theme verse of this series is in Mark chapter 12, and you'll see it on the screen, and it says, love the Lord your God with, uh, and, and the word all is in bold, so that means we're supposed to say it together, okay? So, with your heart and with, your, and with, and with your strength. Now, you guys did good. I wasn't a very good leader on that. But anyway, so what, what Jeff did um, last week on the first message was he talked about what it would look like to, to love the Lord with all our mind. And do you remember he talked about, and this was such a cool statement. He said the, the best thing that, that you can do is to read the Word of God, read the Bible, and obey what it says. Isn't that awesome? I mean, that was a great word, a great encouragement to start uh, start the year off, and he talked, he, he suggested, you know, the Bible app. How many of you guys, did you, anybody go for the Bible app? Raise your hand if you did. See, hands going up all over the building. That is awesome. The, the Bible app is cool, and it will text you or email you these Bible verses every day, so that's great, and uh, encourage you to participate in some form of a 21-day fast to just kind of set your heart and your spirit for the year ahead. So uh, I, I thought that was awesome, and and, and Next week, if, if he's feeling better, Jeff will be able to be back here and, uh, and continue this series. But today, we're going to talk about loving the Lord, our God, with all our strength. So say the word strength. Strength. What would it look like for us to, to follow God, to, to love God with all our strength? And it might, might look a little different than, than you would expect, expect. So we're going to look at three words. Three words would be kind of like our little track for the day, and the first word is the word source. Say source with me, source. So if, if we are encouraged to love the Lord with all our strength, then it would be wise for us to, to totally get and understand what is the source of our strength, the source of our strength. So the first verse I'd like to look at uh, was written by uh, the, the psalmist David, and he said, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? And this is the punchline. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The source, I mean the ultimate true source of my strength comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. It's not in my own self. I didn't, I'm not able to create or muster up strength. It was kind of funny. I was telling uh, uh, one of the friends earlier this morning, one of my friends that the topic today was loving the Lord with all your strength. And he said, oh, that's cool for January because uh, January, everybody buys gym memberships in January, you know. And so we start working out. So we will be strong. And we are here to pump. Thank you. <laughs> Miss the 90s sometimes, don't you? But um, so, it, but it, the, our source of strength is not 
uh, as we'll talk about today, it's really not about a physical or certainly not humanly sourced strength. It is, as that verse said, our, 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 our help, you know, our strength comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Interesting story played out in the New Testament of Scripture uh, with one of the main characters in all of the Bible. It's a, we, we're gonna, in a minute, we're going to look at a passage in the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians was a, a writing in the New Testament that was, that was written by the Apostle Paul, and he was one of the great leaders of the early church, of the first century church. And so, uh, so what Paul did was he would write letters to uh, groups of Christians, churches that were uh, forming all over the known world at that time. And this particular letter he wrote to the church in Corinth. And so he would write this letter and it would go, he'd basically be writing a ton of people and he'd, he'd, he'd have the letter delivered and then they would read it and pass it around and then read it and study it and talk about it at their meetings and, and church gatherings. So he is explaining to them in the second letter that he wrote to them, he is explaining to them how some really cool things had been happening to him that the Lord had been blessing him with some awesome stuff. And the Lord had been giving him like these visions and these revelations and these experiences with God that were blowing Paul's mind. And he was loving it. And, of course, he knew that, that it was his responsibility to teach and share some of these experiences and, and help people with it. So he's saying to the people, he goes, look, uh, these revelations, I mean, they are just otherworldly and they have been amazing. And he said they're so amazing that in the, in the midst of it, some, some, a really weird thing happened to me to kind of keep me from getting a little too big for my bridges which you probably didn't know that they talked like that back then, big for their bridge. Seriously, though, Paul says that what happened along the way is that I got a thorn in my side. Now, we don't think that he was walking through a briar patch, you know, and got stuck and it got infected. We, we're pretty sure <laughs> that, that that's not what happened. I mean, we, we don't know for sure because he doesn't give a lot of specifics, but he basically says that there was a massive problem that came up in his life, and it was so stressful that it was really, uh, it threatened, it could have derailed him. It was just driving him nuts. And so we don't know if it was a physical thing or like some kind of an other, you know, there are a lot of different theories. But the point is this, is that he thought it felt like, he said it felt like an actual messenger of Satan was coming to just wear me out. I mean, that's what it felt like. And so what he did what any of us would do. He prayed about it. And he said, Lord, take this away. Rescue me from this. And the Lord said, nah, I don't think so. Excuse me? Uh, God said, no. God didn't take it away. And Paul said, well, I'll pray again. He prayed three times earnestly, like some intense prayer. And nothing it didn't change, you know, it didn't get any better. And so we're going to pick it up as Paul is explaining about how he come to understand what the Lord was, was trying to communicate to him. So it's in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. It says, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this thing, this problem, that it should leave me. But God, he, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. I want you to, like, tab that, um, can we go back to that? I'm sorry. Um, tab that little, uh, 
tag that phrase in your mind that my power is made perfect in weakness because we're going to come back to that. And now we proceed to the next part of the verse. Thank you. I'm sorry. I give those people. You guys are awesome. Give a hand to the production people because they have to put up with me. Therefore, Paul continues, I will, because, he, because of what God explained to him, therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses and insults and persecutions and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Strange, strange stuff that Paul is telling us. Now, we're going to try to unwrap this a little bit. I want to go back to that phrase that we, we mentioned before, where God says to him, my power, God's power is literally made perfect in your weakness. And the word, uh, the, that phrase made perfect, it, you know, it's not that you think of the word perfect, you think like pristine and, and everything just just so it, it, it's not that's not what it, it really is a, a word to describe fullness and completion and that God is, is trying to communicate listen my power is uh, fully displayed and fully unleashed and fully seen and understood uh, a couple other phrases that would help define that it is recognized my power can be recognized spotlighted my power can be put to work to put to use my power can be activated perfectly and fully in your weaknesses and that is such a bummer <laughs> isn't it I mean let's just take a moment and and just whine a little bit about that God chose to do it that way because what that means is is that the the end game for God is not always to uh, rescue us or um, fix the things that are really uh, askew in our lives but but actually he he plans to take the things that make us weak and may, that, that, that are broken in our lives that make us feel like we're less uh, qualified or or, or less uh, of, of a candidate for God to show up big and, and these are the actual he's saying no it's the opposite those are the actual things that I would, uh, would want to show. I want to show my power in your weakness. Push the pause button for one second. You may be sitting here and saying, and going, okay, the weakness thing, whatever. Maybe you feel like I'm good. Weakness is not a real big deal for me because I am strong. Because I've, I've learned to be strong. I've got my source of strength. I've got a, I've got a, a strong backbone. I've got an intense work ethic. I'm not a quitter. I'm a go-getter. I'm a never-giver-upper. And so uh, for all you weak people, enjoy this, this message, but this is not really for me because I'm good. Well, let me just share with you that human, weakness, human strength, our, if our source is our own human strength, one day that source will run dry. And it will run dry quicker than we think. I have a friend in, in Birmingham, his name's uh, Trey, and he, he, has a, he likes to say it this way. He likes to say, cheer up. And if he's talking to people that kind of think they got it together and that their strength, and their strength is enough and they're good, he says, look, cheer up. You're much worse off than you think you are. Isn't that great? And then he said, but then the next phrase is he said, 
But God's grace is much more amazing than you realize it is. And we won't realize how amazing it is until, excuse me, until we, we acknowledge and uh, really kind of embrace the weakness in our own lives. So God's power is made perfect in our weakness. I wish it weren't so. I wish it wasn't that his power would be made perfect in my I wish God's power would be made perfect in my awesomeness. Wouldn't that be more fun? Uh, but it, but it, it just ain't, that ain't the way it is. Because if my, um, you know, if my mojo and, 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 and the strength that, that, that sustains me, if, it's, if, it's a pla- if I'm standing on a platform of my own uh, strength or cleverness or coolness or awesomeness or whatever, one, one, one day that's just not going to be stable enough to, to keep me, you know, to keep me standing. And, it, it, and even, even if it does stay strong enough or high enough, you know, for me to stay comfortable for a while, the real problem is internally. Because what happens is you, when you're up on a platform of your own awesomeness, you start to enjoy the view a little too much, you know, and, and, uh, and you say, this is where I want to stay, you know, and, and this is the perspective, this is life, and this is how I view life and how I do life, and it becomes all about me and, and, certain, and not about the Lord, not about him and not about them. And so... Uh, and honestly, if you look at what Paul is telling us in this passage, this is a great message for us. It's a, this, could, this message could save us because he's saying, let's not waste our time building up our platform of our own strength. Instead, let's embrace our weakness. Let's be honest about it. And let's acknowledge that the true source of our strength is the Lord indeed. There's this cool uh, verse we'll look at in Jeremiah uh, the prophet Jeremiah speaking for the Lord. And, uh, and he says, let not the, uh, I forgot the verse. It's, it's the one in Jeremiah. There it is. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. You are good. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord who practices steadfast love and justice and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight. Hey, listen, it's okay to brag. That's what the Bible is telling us. It's okay to brag. But let not any of us brag in anything of our own. Let us brag in the fact that we serve a God who can take a, a really messed up person, a really broken story, and he can make something good out of it. And he can, he can make something that's really weak, strong, when it really didn't seem strong before. Isn't that awesome? So let's sit with our brokenness. Let's, let's admit our weakness. And let's not run from it. But let's understand that that's ultimately the source of our strength. And, and really it's great news because if weakness is the vehicle that's going to you know, bring in the power of God, that we're, we're going to be fine because we've got weakness in, in great supply, do we not? I mean, I'm loaded with weakness, man. It's all good. 
So I never, do you understand what I'm saying? God is telling me I will never lack for his strength if I'll just embrace the weakness around me and call out to him. There's a verse at the very end of the, uh, the PowerPoint, the one in uh, Psalm 40. I want to show that now. Wow, I didn't even finish saying it. She's so good. I am desperate and needy. But the Lord thinks of me. Isn't that awesome? I mean, anybody feel desperate and needy? I sure do. And if you don't, call me Tuesday, you probably will. But this is the word of the Lord. That we are desperate and needy, but the Lord thinks of us. There is no God like our God. You know, we don't serve a God that says, straighten it up, fix it, and then come to me. He says, bring it all to me. Desperate, needy, whatever. I am with you. I think of you all the time. My power is ready to just, I'm ready to pipeline my power into your life. Embrace your weakness. Boy, that's good news. Good stuff. Uh, Second word, we're going to skip that other verse. Uh, The second word that we're going to look at, we talked about source. The second word is struggle. Struggle, struggle, struggle. Say struggle. Thank you for participating. I appreciate it. I hope it's not obnoxious, but uh, thank you all for jumping in there with me. So, struggle. The reason I bring that up is there is, uh, there is going to be struggle over our strength. There is a battle being waged over our strength. And it is over, as we just said, it's over our perception, like uh, whether we're going to tap into the real source. So, there, that's the big part of the struggle whether we're going to think we got it together or whether we're just going to let it go and say, I am desperate and needy. But there's also a battle raging over how we're going to spend our strength. How we're going to, uh, how we're going to, what direction we're going to send our strength in, which is really ultimately what we're talking about today, which is let's take the strength of our lives that the Lord provides for us and let's pour it back towards Him and let's lean in strongly to our relationship with him. So that's the struggle. I would like to read you a, another verse. We're going to skip the Ephesians. We're going to go straight to Second uh, Corinthians 10, verse 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. Can push the pause button and just go over a little phrase so you, we make sure we're all kind of on the same page with the definition here. The phrase, in the flesh is not, when you read that in the Bible, it's not talking about uh, physical flesh and blood. It's not your skin and your bones. and It's not referring to our bodies. When the Bible refers to things being in the flesh, what it's referring to, what it's trying to say is that there is a part of our, our, our nature, part of, our, uh, of how humanity is built, and it is, it's the... And it's what the Bible refers to as the flesh, and it's, it's referring to our old, old nature, our old sin nature, the tendency we have to want to be independent from God, to want to call our own shots, and to want to have our own strength to get through our lives and to build what we want for our lives. The, there's tons of contrasts all through the Bible. If you, if you go on that Bible app that we all downloaded after last Sunday, you can even key that in in a search and you just see all these cool verses about 
it contrasts being in the flesh with being in the spirit. And the, the message of that, of those contrasts is, is that there's a better way. And that for the person that's following Christ, one of the battles that, that rages on, on a consistent basis, is our decision to, be the, to either live in the flesh or in the spirit. The appeal today and the appeal in the scriptures that we're looking at is let's, let's crucify the flesh. Not talking about physically crucifying our bodies. We're talking about taking the old nature. Let's, let's, let's reckon that. Let's assume that dead and let's move forward in our lives in the spirit. The reason this is a big deal, I'm sorry to get all technical with you, but the reason that's a big deal is because that's really the crux of the issue when it comes to whose strength are we relying on. Is it that we are really calling on the Lord for His strength, looking to our, with our eyes to the Lord from, from whom our help comes? Or are we saying, you know what? You're right, Richard. I should do better. You're right, Jeff. I should, I should read the Bible every morning. So I'm just going to do it. I'm going to be strong. And we end up in our own flesh desiring to muster the strength up on our own as opposed to calling out to the Lord humbly saying Lord I am so desperate and needy that I bet I couldn't do anything consistently for 21 days other than be obnoxious and so if I'm going to grow if I'm going to have a different kind of 2015 I really need your help Lord does that make sense so so the verse says that we don't, the battle that's raging, we dare not try to fight that battle in the flesh. But let's go, let's lean hard on the spirit and say, Lord, I, no way I can do it. No way I can do it without you. No matter how many times I come to church, no matter how many of Jeff Murphy's sermons I listen to, I can't do it on my own. So we lean hard on the spirit. And on the Lord. Let me give you an example. Now, what I do from Monday through Saturday is I work at a place called Express Oil Change and Tire Engineers on Milgen Road, and that's how I answer the phone. And uh, we change people's oil, and we help people keep their cars safe and well maintained, and we're the best in town at it. Thank you very much. So, what I do every morning is I get up. <clears throat> And I put on six layers of clothes like I had to do the last few days. And, uh, and I go and I change people's oil. And, and so we, we pop the hood. I twist the oil cap off. I check the oil. I check all, do a 20-point safety check. And we're all done in 10 minutes while you sit and wait in your car. And, uh, and I do this. It's, it's a very technical, it's a very physical, it's a very basic, mundane, really, kind of thing. And I help people with their car. All right? Now... You know, is it really, do I really need God's help to, uh, to unscrew the oil cap off of somebody's car? Eh, I don't, I, you probably, you probably argue that I don't because it's such a basic thing, right? But here's the deal. Here's my problem. I spent most of the 50 years that I've lived on this planet, yes, 50, 50. And I, I, I spent most of those years uh, getting up in the morning and doing what I do in my own strength with just saying, okay, 
and, and, my, and, and how God fit in was I would say, okay, Lord, you've given me this task to do, and uh, I'm going to go do it. I have this job because I'm so charming in a job interview. And I'm so nice to people. They just want to buy car things from me. You know, it's, it's just not it. But that's the way I would, I would just say, hey, look, this is, my, this is my task. I go about it. I do my thing. And then, you know, occasionally I'll pray to God. I'll go to church. I'll have a worship experience. Maybe I'll have something cool will happen to me. Um, but other than that, I'm good. I'll let you know when I need you. But really, the, the truth of the matter is, is that I... What that... That approach, the problem with that approach is that it makes me feel like, uh, like there are certain things I can do on my own. And then when my life starts to go off the rails, I don't feel as connected with God, so I feel a little estranged. And now I feel like I'm like, well, now I'm just calling on God because I'm in a, in, a, in a tight spot. And so it's this weird tension in me. And the, I have found that the healthiest, the the, the way to go about it is for me to wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I'm desperate and needy. I'm cold. <laughs> I'm, I need your help, Lord. I need you. I need, while I'm doing this, while I'm screwing the cap off of the, the oil uh, in this person's car, I need to know you're with me. You know, and it might not be a real super churchy kind of moment, but I need to know I'm not alone. I need to know, Lord, that, that this didn't happen because of my own coolness and awesomeness. And when I'm feeling weak and like I can't maintain it, you're going to be the one that's going to carry me through it. This is, my, this is my life and this is my day. And I would suggest, I would suggest that we start approaching our day a little differently. Maybe that would be helpful to us. Maybe instead of just assuming that that we're good with the tasks that, that are ahead of us and we only pray about the big ones that really freak us out? What, what if we were to wake up and say, I don't want to do anything in my own strength today. I need God to carry me through this day. That would be good, right? That, would, that could make a difference. And internally, it means suddenly that my attitude is a is a little more humble and it's a little more leaning and, and, and dependent on the Lord. I suggest that's where we go. And that will keep us from bat- fighting these battles with the arm of the flesh or with the strength of our own flesh and we're fighting our battles in the spirit. Let me tell you something. The worst things that have ever happened to me, the, the, the absolute worst stuff happened mainly because I spent all my life fighting my battles in my own strength and rarely tapping into the real truth and the strength that God would offer me. I would fight my battles in secrecy and isolation and I did it all my life. And I never won. And I was always getting the brakes beat off of me. And I was losing. And I ultimately lost everything because I because I, I I couldn't sit with my weakness and I couldn't admit it and I couldn't invite somebody into my battle and 
And so I'm, I'm asking you to consider that the struggle that you're in is much more than just something stressing you out. It's much, much more than things you're worried about and things you hope will never happen. I believe that the, things, the struggles that we are in are a literal life and death battle and the biggest decision we'll make is whether we will fight those battles in our own strength or where we, whether we will fight these battles calling out to God for help. And if we ask for His help, He is going to put us in a position where we can fight our battles with his power and with his people. And there will be people that will come, in, come alongside of us and we won't fight alone. See, the verse that we started reading says we don't fight these battles according to the flesh. We fight them according to the spirit. And the awesome thing is, is that the, the weapons that are at our disposal when we will humble ourselves, admit our desperation and our neediness, invite others into our battle with us, stop fighting our battles alone. The weapons that are at our disposal are strong. They're not, I mean, they can literally pull down anything that has been built to separate us from our Heavenly Father's destiny for us. Literally. But all too often, we, we decide to, to just... It's like we're rubbing sticks together trying to make some headway in the battle and God's saying, I've got massive artillery, but you've just got to admit your need and your weakness. So that's what's at stake. This is not just, uh, God, get me through a tough day. This is, this is really going to end up affecting who we are. So we're talking about our source, that we, you know, that it totally, our strength comes from the Lord. The struggle is real. The struggle, I'm sorry, that was, that was stupid. But anyway, hashtag, right? But the, um, the struggle is, is huge and there's a lot at stake. The last, last word we want to talk about is stability. Say stability. Stability, I love that word. I, love, I just love the sound of it, you know, because I crave it so much. Um, stability in our lives. That's what, uh, that's what the Lord is offering to us. Um, the stability issue it ultimately comes to a question of what will we put our trust in? This verse here says, um, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Our stability will come from trusting in the Lord. And trust will not be a mental, a state of mind or an attitude. Trust will work itself out in the actual decisions we make about how we spend our time and our energy. The question being is, in my life, is Jesus going to be a weekend activity or is he going to be a daily priority? Will my relationship with God be a weekend thing or will it be something that is a part of every single day? And if I'm truly desperate and and truly in touch with my neediness, then it will be. Because, man, I, I, how can I function without him? I want to pause here and just say that perhaps for you, and there may be some folks in the room, perhaps for you the God thing is not a real priority. And I get that. I understand. We just appreciate you being here and just listening to this, uh, these concepts today. For some of us, the God thing is down on the priority list. My point is that everything on our list ultimately is going to require strength. Everything that's on our priority list is going to require strength from us. 
we're going to have to be strong to maintain, achieve, and experience and enjoy the things we care about. And in fact, one day, they'll require more strength than we have, and we're going to run short, and we're going to come up empty, and we're not going to know what to do. And that's a beautiful thing about the faith deal is that we can have a relationship with God that is built on the reality that His strength is there for us. And when I prioritize Him, He infuses me with strength and He guides me through the other priority issues in my life and, uh, and the things that, that matter. So I encourage you, just consider that one day we're all going to come up short. What will we do when that time comes? And uh, the Lord is with us. The kind of person that we want to be, the person, the guy that you want to be is on the other side of this issue. And, and you're going to start, if we start making these decisions based on what our true trust is and what our true priority is, we're going to start seeing the opportunity to be the guy we want to be, or be the gal we want to be. Did I just say gal? Do people even still say gal? I'm sorry, ladies, that was, I mean, you just had like a world-class speaker yesterday at the brunch, and I'm up here, guys and gals, that was so lame, I'm sorry. My point is, the, the people we want to be are waiting on the other side of this issue and these decisions of, of where our real trust is going to lie. All right, we're almost done. Thank you for being patient with me. You ever play the win-then game? Anybody ever play win-then? It's a new game. I made it up. Um, But it's awesome. Win-then. This is a a game we play in our own minds all the time. We play this game in our relationships. When we say, when my spouse gets their thing together, then I'll be happy. When my kids get old enough to mow the lawn, then I won't miss half of the ball game. When uh, certain, when this issue, I'm sorry, thank you. How many Packers fans in the room? Listen, I just want to say I don't hate you personally. It's nothing, it's not personal, really. But we are mortal enemies on this day. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Touche. Well played, sir. But anyway, so the win-then game, uh, when this difficult season of my life is over, then I'll maybe, then I'll have perspective and then I'll be able to, Breathe, and then there'll be peace in my heart, and then maybe I'll feel strong when this uh, when this thing is over. Um, and and we play that. We even play that in our relationship with God. You know, for those of us who might feel a little distance between us and God, we'll say, "When I get this part of my life cleaned up, and when I uh, straighten this up, and when I get more, uh, when I get less dysfunctional, then." I'll feel closer to God. Um, But here's the deal. In the verse that we read at the very beginning, uh, the story about the Apostle Paul, he dropped the biggest, most intense, most bodacious win then ever. 
And he said, when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. And my, my prayer for us today is that we will say, yes, Lord, we are desperate, we are needy, and no, it's, it's not a bad thing. And it feels like a bad thing, and it, and it hurts like a bad thing. But it's probably going to end up being the thing that saves us and changes everything. I, um, I want to finish up by reading one more time the end of that Paul story that we told earlier. And it's out of a version of the scripture called The Message. And it was, it's like a guy, uh, you know, some scholars put together, or one scholar put together a, the Bible in contemporary language. And, and this is what, this is the way it sounds when, when it's read from that particular version of the scripture. Where Paul says, because of the extravagance of those revelations that the Lord had given me, and so I wouldn't get a big head about it all, I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angel did his best to get me down. What he did, in fact, was push me to my knees. No danger from that position of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift, and I begged God to remove it. Three times I did that. And then God told me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. And once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride. And with good cheer, these limitations that cut me down to size. Abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks. Now I just let Christ take over. And so, the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Let's pray. Lord, Lord, it's, it's hard to figure all this stuff out sometimes. And uh, it, it's hard to know exactly how to respond. But right now, Lord, we want to ask you to help us. Help us lean into our weaknesses. Help us to not run from them. And help us to reach out to you and to others. We are desperate and, and needy. We need you bad, Lord. So I'm asking today, I'm asking right now, that you would come to us. And that you would show us how strong you can become through our weaknesses. In Jesus' name, amen.